Is that how our song goes? For squares. Squares. Uh, hi, everyone. Hi. Welcome to The Grid is for Squares, uh, the podcast where we smoke a bowl and talk about building a sustainable off grid property. Um, I'm Amy. I'm Vince. And today we have a special guest with us on the show today, Judy, Vince's mom. Vince's mom. Me yes. mom. <laughs> As we decided at Christmas, my name. Me mom. mom. Only mom. on Christmas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Christmas mom. Um, so in addition to, oh, before we get to that, what are we smoking? Uh, we are smoking weed. This is dragon fire. It's a sativa. Wow, dragon fire. Dragon fire. What are we drinking? We are drinking chalatas. Yeah. And what is that? Picante chalata. Picante chalata. Picante from... And the good people <laughs> about this abomination. If you know about um, Budmeisters, Budme I'm not a, typically a Budmeister or Chords fan. I like Chords Light, um, <laughs> but they make this chalata. It's like a Bloody Mary mixed with beer. Uh, real good if you've been sweating all day, yeah. working hard. Working man's beer. It's good hard work. Chilada. Yeah. Working man's chilada. At the end of the day, you just need to chill with your chilada. 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 Today is also a very special episode because we're coming to you live. We're live, <laughs> That's right? That's false. We're coming to you pre-recorded from, from the property our property yeah the, the first episode we've actually recorded right here on our new property um yes we're recording inside the tent um we just finished setting up the greenhouse as we mentioned in the last episode but um i was a little concerned about the acoustics because i thought you know the hard plain sides would vibrate you know the sound would bounce off a lot and it would sound sort of hollow so i forced everybody to come into the tent with me because i thought the acoustics in the tent would be better this is dickens favorite place to be he's with us as always always he's burrowing. always hanging out in the background what have we got going on in here we've got have we talked about bedding in here we've got like 20 layers of sleeping bags and blankets underneath us and then a sleeping bag to sleep in and a blanket on top. I've never been cold at night here. Yeah, it gets chilly uh, sometimes down, like below freezing even at night. But we are generally pretty warm because we have our bedding situation figured out. Mom's got the mummy bag. How's the mummy bag, Mom? <laughs> the mummy bag is wonderful. Except this time we have a little mouse that has decided oh, to yeah. burrow underneath the tent. There is a tent between me and him, but it still freaks me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot more mice we noticed this time. Yeah, we're definitely noticing a lot of evidence of mice. They so. got into the half-built greenhouse. They got on That's top heating. of the tent. They got underneath the tent, but they haven't chewed their way in yet, and they love to chew through shit, but they're so cute. <laughs> um, so this is also, we talked about this a little last time too, but it is not any less of a strange moment in history right now uh what with you know pandemic pandemonium um that's still going on out there yeah it's been really nice but also kind of weird to like it's get out of that nice. bubble and just get off the grid and sort of forget for a few days yeah. that it's going on but also we've been gone for like four days so i've got a feeling by the time we get back to civilization tomorrow this is all gonna be Blown over. blown over or everyone will be dead everyone will be everyone will be either dead. dead or in church <laughs> i'm i'm hoping that we can all be in church by this time tomorrow but 
Um, actually, no, we do know that everyone isn't dead because we actually managed to call my mom today. Uh, we bought a track phone for the property because none of our cell phones really have been getting any service. Vince and I have Virgin and Judy has Sprint, right? AT&T. AT&T. And it works. Okay, hers works better than ours, mm -hmm. but none of them work great. They so work we got at a track night. phone. Sometimes you get service at night. I can send texts, yeah. but not make any phone calls. Yeah. Okay. Cool thing about track phones, aka burners, is they're usually not dedicated to a specific network. So this is something you should look into for yourself uh, if you're doing what we're doing because um, it Dealing doesn't... drugs or living on an oh. off-grid property. Either yeah. way, burner phone is your friend. Yeah, this show is for you. Either way. Um, yeah, you get the track phone. It piggybacks off whatever you have. Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, whatever tower is nearby. Yeah, I think Verizon is probably the best where we are. But mm -hmm. the beauty but of the still... Yeah, but the beauty of the track phone is it can pick up any of them. So if there's any service to be had, regardless mm -hmm. of carrier, the track phone picked it up. And we tried sending a text, and it didn't work. And so we were like, ugh fuck it's just not gonna work there's just no service we're never gonna be able to talk to anybody while we're up here but then just on a lark i called my mom this afternoon i was like i just want to see again if the phone works so we hadn't actually tried calling anyone we just tried sending texts which didn't work but i was like you know what sure i'm gonna call my mom just see if it works and then two seconds later my mom's like hello from minnesota um so That's and yeah it was actually <laughs> yes hello this is hello minnesota from minnesota <laughs> Minnesota answering. Um, uh, so yeah, I guess that is actually perhaps a good solution. So that is a relief mm -hmm. because being up here out, you know, outside of all contact with the outside world is a little bit scary. So if nothing else, I think a 911 call would always go through. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, yes, so, yeah, it has been very that. good to get out of service because like, we don't I, I can't like stop compulsively checking the news and checking social media and like, what's the newest terrible thing that's happening with the pandemic? How should we be scared next? Mm -hmm. And not to say that it, like, it doesn't deserve being scared of, but like it just gets exhausting. And there's only so much that it actually accomplishes, like following up on every little detail of how it's going uh, and finding ways to get anxious about it. So it's been good to get out of service and just sort of reconnect with what's important. But as with all things um, like politics or the news or the weather, you can only take so much of it before you start to wonder, well, what am I going to do about it? Mm -hmm. um, and call me an optimist, but um, I try to find the silver lining in everything. And if nothing else, this is a catalyst for everybody in the world to kind of reevaluate the way they live their lives Hopefully. We're certainly doing it. We're cer It's changed the way we think about the property and what our priorities are up mm -hmm, here. Mm -hmm. um, I assume we're going to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, and also, so we live, again, in L.A., so we've been observing all of it going down in L.A., you know, all of the businesses closing and all of the, you know... I've never been in a line at a grocery store. Like, in California, there's always a line, <laughs> like, to get into the hip restaurants or bars. You have to wait... But the feeling of never being... Never seen a Trader Joe's before. <laughs> yeah, queued up around the block at Trader Joe's or Ralph's, and you maintain that six-foot distance. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows. As we were driving up here, we're like, okay, is there a way we can drive up here without stopping anywhere? Because, you know, for gas or to pee. And I was like, no, we're going to have to pee. We're going to have to get gas. Like, we'll just have to be I got be that careful. one good exit up in the mountains yes. in Angeles where we just peed by the side of the road. Uh-huh, where you can pull off and... Yeah. Hide behind some some sand dunes. Um, but 
uh, Judy lives in Napa and works in San Francisco. So do you want to talk at all about like how weird San Francisco, because San Francisco has been hit even harder. Like what has it been like in San San Francisco? San Francisco has become a ghost town. So weird. My last week of work, walking up the streets, almost nobody coming out after work when it's normally shoulder to shoulder you see no people on the streets. What about the skateboard gangs? <laughs> they get harassed by the police. Because <laughs> they're the only ones left. Yeah. What about the homeless? Where there were fewer homeless, but then in the last couple days, I saw that they had tents, which I was very encouraged about. Mm. And I had heard that Governor Newsom has opened up hotels that have been closed to house the homeless. So oh, them, that's nice. To get them off the streets. Huh, yeah, wow. I hadn't heard that either. Yep. We're that's... trying. California is really trying. It's trying to do the right thing. It's trying to figure it out, but it's it's just big. That's Governor Joanna Newsom, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For those of you who don't live in California, <laughs> our governor is Joanna Newsom. Um, so in addition to that, your job has been sort of weird. So we've mentioned that you work in a hospital before in a surgical center, Mm -hmm. but unlike most, you know, medical facilities that may be overwhelmed right now because you do certain, well, I'll just let you talk about it. Ours is an elective surgeries, mostly elective surgeries, which they've put a moratorium on so they can no longer perform them. So we're down to only doing emergency like orthopedic surgeries or things that are necessary. Right. Essential but, surgeries. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not trying to turn it into a COVID hospital. No, yet. Not yet. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you know? But now? then, yeah, so consequently. I worked a Friday, full day, Saturday morning early. The administrator called and asked if I could call him and said, would you be willing to work per diem? Come Sunday night, it had gone from per diem to, would you like to be terminated? Because I don't know how long this is going to last. Right. So actually, like you've been meaning to get out of that job anyway. So Mm -hmm. it kind of is good timing because now you can get out of there. You can file for unemployment legitimately because it's not like you even wanted to necessarily just because it works out. Yeah. Can you please be terminated? That way, at least I know you can survive with unemployment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because we just don't know when they're going to let us start doing elective surgeries again. Right. Well, and I mean, you're in good company because like a lot of people right now are going through that same thing. So it's certainly like no shame because if anybody Mm -hmm. sees that on your resume, they'll be like, oh yeah, that time that there was a pandemic in the entire world world shut down. I remember that. And you just feel like you're putting yourself at risk every day going on the public transportation, the BART or the ferry. Mm -hmm. Or the ferry shuts down and then it's a total unknown of then you take the bus, a couple buses, right? I took a bus to the BART to work because all of a sudden they quit. I got there early in the morning Uh and found out there's no ferry. So luckily there was a bus close by. I could walk to that. There are all these cascading effects that you don't think about when it's just, it's a simple pandemic, you know, a bunch of people, bunch of people are going to get sick, you know, it's going to overwhelm the hospital. Sure. But then, you know, there's also like public transportation. If nobody takes the train, they can't afford to run the train. So they they shut shut the train down. It's like spreading the disease around. So you want to stop that Mm -hmm. movement. Um, Just so many little things have changed in life. Um, 
but, don't touch your face. <laughs> yes, don't touch. But my job, by contrast, um, yeah, still construction just as busy as plumbing ever. still allowed to operate for now. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Technically essential, but you know it's it's dubious. It's about <laughs> half the time what you're doing is essential, and the other time. You're just making a rich person's life better. But at least it's outside and it's in a small crew or just by yourself. So, you know, we feel okay-ish for now. You know, Mm -hmm. we'll just have to keep reassessing. But anyway, um, that all means that now we've entered an exciting new phase. um, Because if Judy isn't working in San Francisco anymore, then... We're not 100% sure what's happening next, (laughs) but something will happen. Something will change. This is the catalyst. This is a silver lining. We're making a plan, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So we're not sure yet if you're going to move to LA to live with us for a few months or or maybe just move right to the property in a few in a few months yeah anyway but we have options but something's gonna happen something's gonna change so that's exciting yeah just keep thinking positive make Mm -hmm. the best of what life deals us yeah if nothing else you're unemployed for a few weeks now you're you work in the medical field so there are probably going to be people you know knocking down your door wherever it is to get you you know working yeah you might be drafted to a COVID. you might be drafted so for the next two weeks you know you have an unemployment and probably can do a lot around here out here where there isn't viruses floating on just trees that can fall on you and coyotes and big rocks and <laughs> but yeah knows what else. it's it's put things in perspective certainly and highlighted how weird things are and how quickly things can change and how important it is to be in control of your own survival which sounds like a thing that a crazy person might have said yeah. uh, two months ago, and now sounds like a thing that a person who should have been th- should have known better would say. <laughs> but it really shifts our priorities and gets us thinking about what's what's really important. And I think after Mo visited, um, you know, we put a lot of thought into like above ground structures. But this has got us thinking about emergencies and like the next one that's going to hit us will be wildfire season. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's coming. And, you know, a, another <clears throat> higher priority for me now is gardening, planting. Right, growing think, food. Yeah, food infrastructure I think is going to be okay. People, stop buying toilet paper. You have enough. <laughs> They're not going to shut off your taps. You've still got water. You've still got electricity. You've still got gas. Just, you know, count on those things you have. Uh, by all means, um, get yourself some fun party balloons and start filling them up with natural gas. <laughs> um, that's really important. <laughs> Boom. Got off on a bit of a tangent there. Uh, so we got up to the property on Friday uh, and it had been raining a lot. Um so I know you guys noticed some things about the greenhouse, which was about 75% complete. But I know you mentioned how impressed I was with Vince's um, work that he did on the foundation, how important that is. And I mm. think everyone should take note of it if you're putting up a greenhouse. Having a level pad is incredibly important. You get to putting these last parts together and you notice that this is bowing and this one doesn't fit. And it's all because of these tiny little things Mm -hmm. that somebody should have been paying a lot of attention to. Like, to start out with, am I level? Yeah, I think that's a really good general point for what you're doing. If you're just starting out with this, one of the first things you need is some level ground for whatever you're doing. Um, in our case, the sukkah too, like that has to be 
you know, on level ground. Um, or wind can come and flip yeah. it over. Yeah, geez, Louise. <laughs> um, we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, but yeah, you need a level pad. Some people, the first thing they do with their bare land is just get like a 10 by 20 concrete pad. Um, so you know you can always set or park your trailer there. You can put up a tent when it's pouring rain. Um, so anytime we move the tent or set up a new structure or set up the compost toilet, my first priority is always making level ground, making a pad, and thinking like water and providing a trench and drainage mm -hmm. around it. So in this case, with the greenhouse, we put in an extra four feet on all sides um, just to account for where water is going to go. And we found this time when we came up that it had rained a lot. It's probably rained about 10 inches in L.A. in the past month. How much do you think you've gotten in Napa? Oh, I haven't even paid attention. Yeah. When it rains, it pours, though, right? <laughs> I don't think we got quite as much as you did Oh, okay. LA. Yeah, we've had just a lot here in March. Mm -hmm. It's kept us all inside, which is good. Um, but we noticed um, even a few pools, a few rivulets up here, but the platform was solid. The greenhouse hadn't really settled at all. And it must have rained hard because there was splatters of mud halfway oh, yeah. up the greenhouse on the back. and Yeah, and the lights, the path lights, and yeah, there was mud yeah. splattered everywhere. I'm not sure yeah. how exactly. Yeah. So we got some really intense rain, but because I thought like water, uh -huh. um, mm -hmm. we managed to mitigate it. Yeah. Um, and our, our sukkah frame stayed... <laughs> pretty much intact which was interesting after the last time we were here amy and i left mom and mo stayed an extra day buttoned everything down uh put everything away for us which was great to not have to clean up um but it was very strange because right around the time we finished the greenhouse um i was working down the hill and a very gentle gust of wind came and flipped the sukkah right over yeah, first time that that had happened. We've noticed evidence of other potentially like weird anomalous wind events, though. Oh, that huge tree! Yeah, right you want to talk about that tree at all? Yeah, we've <laughs> noticed um, some like weird straight line winds, weird Sierra winds. Our neighbor must be sawing something. <clears throat> yeah. You think you have the best? Oh, fucking... I can barely hear that. Really? Oh, it sounds so loud to me. You can hear a saw. Whatever. You can only do what you can do. It's yeah. part of the ambiance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, what do we hear around here? During the day, we hear yeah. a saw. <laughs> we hear those Barking lovely neighbor dogs, turkeys gobbling, oh, geese this geese time of year. Flying over. Yeah, wind chimes. Day. The wind chimes. I love those wind chimes. Some neighbors. And one of the most special things that happened was us three seeing the family of deer. Yeah, we saw that this time around. Mm -hmm. um, we see geese flying overhead. I saw a wild turkey down in the clearing today. And you can hear them, like, gobbling and clucking. Some kind of turkey vultures or hawks or some kind of large bird circling overhead. We always make sure that Dickens is close when we see the large <laughs> birds circling overhead. Yeah, we have a coyote vest, but we've been a lot uh, more lax about yeah, it this time. Yeah, we've been a little lax this time. I don't know if it's... But they're turkey vultures. They're not going <laughs> to... They're going they're for the not turkeys, swoopers. not for dogs. <laughs> yeah, right. No, they're not killers. you got to watch out for the hawks. Right. The turkey vultures, yeah, they're... Yeah, eagles or hawks. But... Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah where were we? we finished the greenhouse. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's a never-ending project, that thing. But we got all the panels in, got all the windows and the door installed. And by um, we, we mean you. Oh, yes. 
I had a lot of support. You guys were doing everything else. We tightened a screw while you held up the roof. <laughs> I held up the whole roof. <laughs> With your bare hand. Pushed the roof up. Um, but so much of it, you know, there's the kit that they sell you and they give you the instruction manual and they tell you it takes two people one day. <laughs> uh -huh. But it takes two people two days and then one person three days. I've done little bits of it every day we've been here and there are always more screws to tighten. And then there's always one step that's blocked by like four other steps that you did over it and then you have to undo those and come mm -hmm. back to it so there's the kit there are the instructions there's everything they tell you to do but then what you do to protect it from below is sort of on you and so that mm -hmm. was its own set like the pad prep took you know many days on end um, we talked a little bit about the hardware cloth last time right yeah. but as a reminder uh, that's half inch hardware cloth uh, it's vinyl coated um, and it's enough that um, nothing can squeeze through it, even infant uh, voles and mice. Um, and they also can't chew through it because it's a good like 16 gauge wire. So you don't want to get the quarter inch, you got to get the half inch because it's good thick gauge. Um, we saw the importance of that because they did come in. Yeah. Right, under the... we didn't have it finished right, right. up the sides. So. Yeah, there's still a what three inch gap or something all the way right. around the edges yeah so last time we had laid out all the hardware cloth before we built the greenhouse this time we we folded it up and we cut off the excess and now we have to bury that in really tight against the steel frame mm -hmm. um to keep mice from getting in because when we came up we could clearly see they just walked right over the cloth <laughs> and in and started chewing into the cardboard boxes mm -hmm. and brooms yeah. and yeah, everything. <laughs> but as it is, we managed to get all of the hardware cloth folded up, and we did a little test section where we packed some clay on the inside and dirt on the outside, and that holds it captive. Mm -hmm. um, also, every time we come up here now, we make some bricks. We managed to do three this time. We only made two last time, and that might not sound like a <laughs> hey, lot. Hey, that's exponential growth. If those were cases of COVID, yeah. we'd be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the silver lining. <laughs> no, it's a lot of work and it's it's definitely a process, but we get better at it every time. We had to make the aggregate first. Mm -hmm. By which you mean rocks that you're pummeling into small enough pieces to become the bulk of the the concrete, right? Yeah. That everybody yeah. knows what we, that means, I think. Right. We talk aggregate, yeah, is the yeah. bulk in the concrete. You also add usually sand and then there's the magic is the cement, the glue that holds it all together. Mm -hmm. um, but... I know in a previous episode we talked about the dugout and the challenge of, you know, moving all the dirt is one thing. You got to cut all the roots and then you get down and you reach these huge 500 pound rocks. And we were starting to worry, thinking about like, How we can use move a them? winch. Could we like hook it up to the front of a car and like back it up? <laughs> Not the bumper. Should There's a little a mule? tow hook, buy a mule, <laughs> rent a thing. And then when Maury was out here, we have a big like 10 pound sledgehammer and he just thought, I'll try it. I'll wait, try wait, it. 10 pounds? That thing weighs like It feels a lot heavier, but 30 I think pounds. it's just 10 pounds. You're it's kidding the, me. That it hangs way out there. Yeah, it's like 10 pounds. Anyway, you swing that over your head and mm -hmm. it comes down and it just shatters these rocks. So, so you're doing prison labor out. for fun is what you're <laughs> <Yeah>. saying. <laughs> Basically. But it's not for rich people. It's for us. That's so true. It's worth that's it. true. Yep. Um, so that was a huge huge step because that's how we get the dugout cleared out and it's also how we get really consistent aggregate which yep. is important you need a lot of it and you kind of want to make sure that it's going to be the same color and the same strength 
And I think we all felt at the beginning that it was important to have the things that are on our property be what we use mostly yeah. to construct the things on our property. Word. Yeah, to keep it local as much as possible. Local and mm -hmm. handmade. That was another good uh, contribution of Mo. Um, just thinking about, you know, you can you can buy lumber. That's kind of the most conventional way. You buy your lumber, your materials, you bring them in, you build a house. Um, and in this case, we have so much lumber. We have so much stone on site. We could be mm -hmm. cutting down trees and milling them. But Maury pointed out really early on that if we have all these rocks, maybe the best bulk material to bring up is Portland cement. Uh, because now we have this abundance of kind of half decomposed granite that you can bust up, hit it really hard with a sledgehammer, and it just busts up. And then there's all your aggregate and sand. And you mix that with just a little bit of you cement and water. You make that sound a little water. easier than it actually is. It is back-breaking labor. <laughs> My back hurts right now. <laughs> Always wear, yeah, so you got to wear goggles for sure, oh, or you're going to go blind. But then the other thing to remember is to keep your mouth closed oh, when you're swinging that hammer. <laughs> a rock hits your tooth, you're going yeah. to see oh, no. Rock dentist. dust, yeah, yeah, it's a messy job. Oh. But yeah, you create this little enclosure and just start pounding away. So yeah, it's every time we come up here, we accomplish about half of what we want to. Say but it's important that you just keep going at it at all angles. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful to have my mom here. She plants something every time we're here. Oh, and that was the biggest thrill. Yeah, what was the reward when we first got when here? When we first got here to see my daffodils yeah. open. They're so beautiful. Yeah, I've never seen a daffodil like that it's before. They're always like really yellow, ruffled, right? And mm -hmm. this is like a peach color with the white. And... Peach on the inside, white on the outside. And we planted bulbs so that every time we come up, we should see something new blooming. We've got Kayla's planted. We have Asiatic lilies. Resurrection, resurrection lilies. Resurrection lilies. And so daffodils usually come up first, no matter where you live. They're one of the first flowers to come up, right? After crocuses, yeah. Crocuses, then daffodils. Crocuses well, we got to get on that, right? Yeah. So there's what it's we're too bringing late in. Now, it sounds like. Yeah, right. What's after daffodils? Um, tulips. Okay. Mm. Peonies, if we can grow peonies. Oh, tulips, peonies have a beautiful smell. Oh, yeah. This would be some. a great time. For people to come to the property and see everything. Yeah, right, I know. It's March, too bad that we can't April. see anybody right now. Because I, honestly, mm -hmm. I know that because of you know the pandemic, everybody's thinking about social distancing and alienating yourself from everybody. But honestly, the main thing I've been thinking about this whole time we've been up here is like how much I can't wait to show everybody. Like I want to show my parents what we've been doing. Mm -hmm. I want to show my friends in LA. I want to show our friends in the Midwest. Like, and maybe that's amplified because you want to bring everybody's spirits up with what we're all. Maybe, but yeah. because in, it lifts our spirits yeah. to come here. Yeah. And it, it, it's in part because I'm proud of what we've built and what we've done already, but it's also in part just because of like how it is naturally. Like it's so pretty. I want to show people mm -hmm. like I'm really proud of what we have here. Yeah, me too. And I really like how it just shows that there's another way. There's mm -hmm. another way yeah. to live, a uh -huh. simple way. Um, not, it has not been it's simple. Not simple. It's simple in the sense that like there's a direct connection to you have to work for the heat. You have to work for the food. You have to yeah. work for the shelter, work for the shelter. Nothing is handed to you. And so it's again about priorities and you don't worry about like how your 401k is doing. <laughs> Do we have one of those? Yes, actually. Oh, right. On. No, no, no. Damn, we have a no. Roth IRA. 
Okay. Well, you don't worry about that stuff because on a day to day, it doesn't affect. Like, you just got to make sure that uh-huh. you got somewhere to shit, <laughs> and well, and the rest will sort itself out. Yeah, and maybe you're planting, you know, some food that you can eat in a few months. Yeah. But then on the downside too, it's, you know, you have to deal with it. It's on you when those things don't go the way that you wanted them to. Like last night in the middle of the night, I felt my air mattress deflating. And then I have to like wake everybody up and be like, will you give me a scissor so I can cut a patch? Vince, will you take the blankets off of me so Uh I can do like, and it's a whole thing just because one little thing went wrong. Everything's a production. Yeah. I mean, and then that's part of the point, mm-hmm. but it, it's just, it's complicated in a different way. Yeah. And I think we've seen, especially in this past crazy month that, you know, even society is a shit show. It might be a shit show up here. We might be struggling. <laughs> like we might be cold and wet. I wouldn't call it a shit show. We're doing fine. We do great up we here. Great. But yeah, all it takes is one or two little things to throw mm-hmm. the whole shebang out right. of balance. Yeah, but that's true of here and of society. That's, that's what you're saying. That's true of life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If life isn't a struggle, then you're not. <laughs> then it ain't life. Then it ain't life. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, that's all I had to talk about. Was there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about? Let's see. We talked about the hardware cloth. We talked about the greenhouse. We talked about the importance of leveling and draining. Did we talk about stone soup? Stone <laughs> How that soup? relates to what's going on in the world right now. We didn't. Why don't you Why tell, tell us, us about, about it? The poor vagabond who came into a town and he had nothing except his wits about him. And he brought his magical stone. And he came upon the first woman and said... How are you doing, ma'am? Have you ever had this marvelous soup made of the magical stone? And she said, no. He goes, oh, I will share it with you. So he says, if you have a big pot of water, I'll put this stone in. And you know what would make this just a little bit better is, would you have a potato? Oh, yes, I have a potato. Let me get that. And so she gets her potato and they mix it in and, oh, it's looking delicious. This is becoming a really good soup. Oh, but you know what might make it a little bit better? Oh, would you, would, do you know anyone who might have a carrot? No, I don't have any carrots, but my neighbor might. And so on and so on. To and all the neighbors? To all the neighbors. And all of a sudden they have this magnificent big soup that they can all share. I always thought when I heard this fable as a child that it meant... This man is very clever, but what did he bring? The lazy bum. He didn't have anything but a stupid stone. And just during this last couple of weeks, I was thinking about stone soup and thought, you know, what he did bring was a true gift. He taught the community how to share and how that can make our lives richer. And who is to measure a gift that anybody brings to a situation? It's like, is your potato worth more than my bringing people together. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was greedy. Maybe he had a, a bigger, bolder vision. So maybe we can think that about anybody we meet in our lives. Bolder vision. Bolder vision. <laughs> <laughs> we got bolder vision. He went to a larger town after that. Yes. He said, have you heard of Boulder Bo- Soup? Boulder Stew, the sequel. Do you have a cauldron? <laughs> Do you have 50 pounds of onions? <laughs> Well, I think that's lovely. I think yeah, in these inspiring. hard times, you know, none of us has the answer, has one answer. We all have parts of an answer and together we can all pool our resources and our, our knowledge and hopefully come out stronger on the other side. And we can always think the best of other people in our lives. Yeah. We still got to stick together. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, Still more than ever, not together. less than ever. Never yeah. make a quick judgment about somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anything else that anybody else wanted to talk about? I don't know. I think I'm good. I think we covered a lot. It's still sunny out. I think it's... we got more work to do yet. Yeah, tonight. we yeah. got a lot to do yet tonight. I'll One start more making dinner and you guys can get back to the prison labor. Busting rocks <laughs> and kicking ass. And, and digging poison oak out. Yeah. yeah. All, right. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Stay strong. Be good. <laughs> Be good. We'll see you later. Sorry, I didn't know we were going.